Good morning, everyone. Proverbs 31, 25 through 31. Strength and, dignity, strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. <clears throat> her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but, she, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Happy Mother's Day. So, in the great words of the theologian Tim Sample. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If my cat had kittens in the oven, I wouldn't call them biscuits. What is the church? What? What is the church? Is it a place? Is it this place? Is it a people? Is it this people? Is it a gathering? Because this people has come together. Is it an event? What is the church? Let's pray as we ponder that question today. Father God, we pray that you reveal to us fresh and anew. Because for many of us, for some of us, this may be as clear as the air that you provide us. But fathers, for others who may ponder this question, who may not have the right understanding of this question, may you reveal to us, to them, exactly what you have commanded your church to be. We'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. It's going to be a sword drill today, so you're going to want to have your Bibles ready, or at least be taking notes so you can write down and go back and look at scriptures later. I've actually been asked from time to time, why do you use so much scripture in your word? Well, it's because the word tells us to. It's found in Hebrews 4. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. See, you're not going to give an account to Pastor Mike or to Pastor Scott. You're going to give an account to the one who demands it, which is God the Father. And it's his word, this living and active, that will change your life. And while the elders and the pastors and the leaders of this church will point you to that word, 
it is ultimately to him that you will be giving an account of what you have done with that word. Thank you to the readers today. We started out in a tough passage of scripture in Leviticus. Leviticus 26. But you've got to understand just a little bit about Le Leviticus. It's a book that furthers the relationship of God to his people. It realizes that Israel is a sinful and impure people. And it instructs on how to deal with that sin so that a holy God, so that a holy God can once again dwell in the midst of his people. The blessing, Levit Le Leviticus 26, starting in verses 1 and 2, you shall not make idols for yourselves or erect an image or pillar, and you shall not set up a figured stone in your land to bow down to it. For I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths in reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. You shall not, verse 1, you shall, verse 2. That's pretty clear. And at the end of both of those, I am your Lord. Can you say that today? That God is your Lord. Lord, that he has authority in your life. Sounds very much like the Ten Commandments. The second of the Ten Commandments, you shall not make any carved image. In the first, you shall have no other gods before me. Jennifer read the blessings found in Levit Leviticus 26. I will give you rain, the land and the trees will bear fruit. You will have grain. You will have grapes to the harvest. Yes, abundant crops, rich harvest, protection from your enemies. And also, I will make you fruitful and multiply. You will have children. All these are visible blessings of the Lord's presence with the Israelites as they live out their chosen positions as God's People in obedience. Sherry got the privilege of reading the curse of disobedience. <laughs> if you will not listen to me, if you'll spurn my statutes, if you'll abhor my rules, do not do all of my commandments. I will do this. Panic, wasting disease, fever, Sowing seeds that your enemy will reap the harvest. Struck down, ruled over. You will flee. No yield of your field, no fruit of the tree. Wild beasts will eat your children and your livestock. The sword will fall on your families. Pestilence. Food will be scarce. You'll eat the flesh of your sons and daughters. That's a hard one. On Mother's Day? Come on! But it's the word of God, and we cannot ignore it. Can you imagine being so hungry that you would turn 
return there. Cities and temples will be destroyed. I will scatter you, says the Lord. Do you think God's word, his commandments, should be taken seriously? If this is the type of things that he's saying, he will do to those that will not, that choose not to follow his commands. In the culture in which we live, we're always pushed to figure out how to do things faster, more efficiently, easier, more conveniently. Oh, we'll just do it this way, this one time. Randy read 2 Samuel 6 about the ark. David again gathered all chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David rose and he went with all the people who were with him from Baljada to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart. That's important. Remember that. On a new cart. Brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill. And Uzzah in Ohio, the sons of Abinadad, were driving the new cart with the, ark of, with the ark of God, and Ohio went before the ark. David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tamarines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of, the go- of God and took hold of it. For the oxen stumbled, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his error, and he died there beside the ark of God. Poor Uzzah. Died for touching the ark. Because the oxen stumbled, and the ark was falling, and he didn't want it to go to the ground, he put his hand out and just stopped it. What was his sin? Why did God's anger kindle against him? And striking down dead seems kind of excessive, don't you think? It was because they and he hadn't followed God's commands. And they would have known this. Exodus 25, they shall make an ark of Achaia wood. Two cubits and a half shall be its length, and a cubic and a half its breadth, and a cubic and a half its height. You shall overlay it with pure gold inside and outside shall you overlay it, and you shall make on it a, a molding of gold around it, and you shall cast four rings of gold for it to be put for it and put them on its four feet. 
two rings on one side of it and two rings on the other side of it. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. And you shall put and you shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark and carry the ark by them. The poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. That comes from the commandments of God on how to make the tabernacle and the things that were going to be in the tabernacle. You shall make poles and you shall carry the ark by the poles, not on a cart. They would have known that. But the people that they received the Ark of the Covenant from had brought it on a cart. But the people that they received it from weren't children of God. That's why it's so important for us as a church to make sure we know what God expects of us and we follow it. If we're claiming to be children of God, we need to follow his commands. And the fact that he reached out and touched it comes from Numbers 4. And when Aaron and his sons had finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, as the camp set out after the sons of Korath, shall come to carry these. But they must not touch the holy things, lest they die. These are the things of the tent of the meeting that the sons of Korath are to carry. But they must not touch the holy things of God, lest they die. God's commands are specific, and they're to be followed. And there are consequences for not following them. Blessings for those who follow, and curses for those that choose not to. Simple, right? Simple. Well, no, it's not so simple because I don't always know what I should do. That's why God judges the heart. Because God knows your heart better than you do. God knows if you're trying to honor him even if we don't get it right all the time. He'll forgive our shortcomings, right? He's a loving God. He won't condemn us. Well, here's a question for you. Does God reject our worship if it's not done in a genuine way? Does God reject our worship if it's not done from a genuine heart of worship. God's word, Malachi 1. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am the master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts, to you, O priests, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those who are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. 
Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God, that he may be gracious to you with such a gift from your hand. Will he show you favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to the setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruits, that is, its food, may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame and sick, and this you bring as your offering. Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat who has made a male in his flock and bows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. God knows if you are honoring him as father. And he also knows if you're fearing him as king. Or if you're just offering him lip service. If you're just offering him your leftovers. This is serious business, folks. As one of your pastors, I need to warn you of this. If you're in this place of offering anything less than your best, God did with the priests in Malachi, and he does still today, would rather you shut the doors on him than continue to offer anything less than your best. You might be sitting there saying, Pastor, this is all Old Testament stuff. Isn't there a blanket of forgiveness and grace and mercy in the New Testament that I can crawl up under with my sin and feel safe? Again, what does God's word say? 1 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 1. This is how one should regard us. As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by human court. In fact, I do not judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes. Who will bring to light the things now hidden in the darkness? You cannot hide from God. 
who will bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. God knows you. God knows me. He knows if you're trying. And that's what he desires. Are we going to get it right all the time? No. But he knows your heart. He knows if you're not doing your best. And he knows if you're trying your best. Brothers and sisters, there, there is a God, and he knows you better than you know yourself. So we had better take seriously the charge that God has commanded us to be the church. So here we are again. What is a church? Matthew 22. Teacher, which of these is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, Jesus, you shall love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Everything that's in this book. comes from those two things. Loving God and loving others. Simple. God desires it to be simple. And he wants you to follow him. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to a mountain on which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. They honored him as father, and they feared him as king. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Love God, love others, make disciples, baptize them, teach them, and remember that he is with you always simple what is the church Justin read it next to starting in verse 42 and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship breaking the of bread and the prayers and awe came upon every soul Brothers and sisters, when was the last time you were in awe of God and what he's doing in your life? And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the, pro the proceeds to all who had any need. Day by day, they attended the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. See, when we're the church, when we love each other, when we break bread in each other's homes, when we take part in communion, when we pray together, when we attend church together, when we act like the church, when we are a family, the Lord adds to his church. He just wants us to be the church. So we find ourselves where we began. The Old Testament book of Leviticus. And what that Old Testament did, what that Old Testament book did, the church is where a relationship with God is found with his people. It realizes that all people are a sinful and impure people. If you don't think you're sinful, you have it wrong. Because there's not one who isn't. But he teaches us how to deal with that sin so that a holy God can once again dwell in the midst of his people. This is part one of a two-part message. This is where we'll pick up next week on what is the church. I'm going to ask the elders to come up and sit in the seats here, we're going to enter into a time of praise. If you need prayer, if you have financial strife, health strife, if you just need to give over to God that you haven't been offering your best, if you need to give your life to Christ, today's the day. There is no shame, and I have said it before, here. There's only restoration. There's only love. There is no judgment. Revelations 22 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star, the spirit and the bride. The church is the bride of Christ. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears Say, come.
and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Jesus' gift is free and it's here for you today. And it's received through prayer. Whether you pray sitting there or you come up here and pray with one of the elders, I encourage you today, recognize God as Father and give him honor and recognize him as King for he will one day judge each and every one.